Everybody, we're back for more scaring and sharing. Yes, we are. Happy Pride. Uh, it's all month long. We're gay, gay, gay. <laughs> yes. Well, at least we're supportive. Super supportive. Absolutely. This is a fully welcoming podcast. We it want everybody is. of all kinds, all kinds of monsters come here. Yes, that's right. And because if you love horror, we're happy you're here. If you don't like horror, just thank you for supporting. I know my friend Gretchen doesn't like scary movies and she listens, so. Awesome. She's very supportive of the gays and of the horror community. You are all our little maniacs. <laughs> you are. And so we love to talk about horror things, what we've watched, what's going on in the world, all sorts of things, really, all kinds of topics. And then we give a movie to one another that the other hasn't seen and discuss. Yes, and of course, I am Jeremy Rusk with Brandy Joe Plambeck. Oh, I thought you were going to say your full title, which is oh. you know, the original Sasquatch Slim. And who am I? The Flaming Scream Queen. That's right. I'm glad you listened, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like to talk, but we also like to listen. And that is important. That makes for good podcasting. Yes. <laughs> so right off the bat, I have two things to say. Okay. First of all, I want to say, give a big shout out to Nick Kastriba, Nick the Knife, for creating our super cool new little soundbite. I asked him very last minute about creating a, a split scream, which was a new thing in the last episode that we came up with. And he delivered because that's what he does. Nick the Deliver a Knife, I think it's his new name. And um, we were able to pop in the episode right before it went live. And I love it. Like everything that Nick does, he's uh, the fucking best. He is a great musician, music guy, audio, everything. I don't even know artist, what to call it, but and just, just a great artist. So And an overall amazing person. Like, talk about a soul that you want on your side and you want in your life. And I'm so glad that I've met him. So thank you, Jeremy, for bringing Nick the Knife into my life. <laughs> so long story short, through work, I had to get, I have to apply for one of these licenses I need. Uh, specifically, it's the state of New York, but part of the application is you had to have all these affidavits of like your character <laughs> of, uh, from people that have known you for more than five years. Oh my God. Uh, so Nick the Knife did one of them for me because I just had a bunch of my buddies, but we were like feeling so old because we're like, oh wow, we've known each other for, you know, it's over 20 years now. So, it's... and what you just had to write like a, a one pager on this person's qualities? They literally just had to have this little thing where it says, like, I have known Jeremy Rusk for a blank number of years, and I have, you know, it's already pre filled out. They just punched in, you know, you just had to write in details here. They're like, how long you've known me and all that. It's just to say that I'm actually going to do the job I'm supposed to with this license. That is so, like, a, like a, a more simplified letter of recommendation. Yeah, pretty much to say, okay. like, yep, you, you can license this guy and he's not gonna do something shady <laughs> but we've known each other a long time and it makes me feel old that i have all these people that i've known longer than i've not known them so no it's that's, crazy to that's think about friendship man mm -hmm. the other thing i want to say is <laughs> as with crimson peak everyone oh, yes. just left right center is like i love the burbs the burbs is so great so you know what i have to say Fuck all of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, someone out there has got to dislike the burbs like me. <laughs> so please come to my rescue. Write us at scaringandsharing at gmail.com. I know. And you sent me into like a whole place of just introspection where I'm like, I am just fascinated by like people in general. And like the, you know, the whys, if you will, of people where I'm like, how can I watch this thing and be like, this is funny and I love it. Uh, and someone else such as yourself can watch it and you just have a different and we're consuming the same thing. We just have utterly different reactions. And that fascinates me. 
And you know, even though we have different aesthetics, we agree on a lot. There's like in the mm-hmm. last like 10 episodes, I feel more often than not, our reviews are all, like our, our ratings are almost exactly the same on things. Mm-hmm. So like we have, even though our aesthetics are different, we come together on a lot of feelings. The only movie I can recall giving you that I absolutely loved that you absolutely did not. Do you know what it is? Mm-mm, I don't remember. Raw. Oh, yes. Raw. Like I yep. moved Raw into my top 10 after rewatching it for a second time. And yeah. you were like, don't get it. Don't like it. That's the only time I can remember. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Uh, yeah. Like seek it out. So that's because more that sh- often than not, one of us gives the other one a movie. Like we do our assigning and then we both sort of are like, yeah, this wasn't as good as we mm-hmm. remember. And I, when I, I mean, that's part of the joy of this is. We don't, when we give things, sometimes we haven't seen them in like 10 years or whatever. And, you know, tastes change, people change. And sometimes it's like, oh, that really isn't that great of a movie. It's not about giving each other the best movies ever. It's just Mm -hmm. about assigning, about watching things we haven't seen before and discussing them because that's kind of fun conversation. Yeah. I also saw some comments too on Facebook about like, The Burbs isn't a horror movie, but it is horror adjacent as we call it. Yeah. It's got homages to like, it has several homages to Texas Chainsaw Massacre right in there that are, you know, pretty memorable. So, yeah, it's about Satanists. Essentially. Yeah, and, it's, or, and it's got Satanists in there. Yeah. So <laughs> satanic panic. But I feel that we're kind of working with or the way I see it, at least, is we're kind of creating our lists, of course, as we always talk about, uh, of movies that we feel that if you are a fan of horror, you should have seen. Uh, regardless of whether they're fully like a horror movie or just tangentially related. But I feel like we're kind of trying to work a canon of like, if we talk about it, you probably should have seen it or be familiar with it. Whether it's good or not, that's a whole nother story once we <laughs> dive into that. But It's true. And also the, this person made it, from their Facebook comment made it sound like they've never listened to us. So they, we've had many a conversation about like, this may not necessarily be horror, but there is a, an adjacent feel to it, whether it's a vibe or a performer or just whatever because like i even though i didn't like the burbs even though it's pg even though it's a tom hanks movie like i would still very much consider it like a a horror comedy yes absolutely and the fact that it's joe dante and directed it and joe dante is one of the great you know 80s horror directors uh so i feel like he's you know like a lot of those guys they have stuff that john carpenter too has got a few that i would say are not Directly horror movies like Escape from New York, which we covered on here, mm-hmm. but they are close enough. And I think that the director himself is such an important horror icon that you should see some more of their not, not necessarily scary movies. But yeah. And like we've also talked about the term a genre film. Lots of the, the things we've covered and talk about are genre Gen- films, genre films, so. genre films. So horror news, I bet you have what I want to talk about. Is it? The fact that we've now gone back and forth on this same <laughs> yeah. topic because the news yes. cannot make up its mind, but Elijah Wood is officially in the Toxic Avenger remake. Yes. God, I'm so glad. I, wish, <laughs> I wish these journalists could figure it out. I saw that and I was like, so he is in it, just not in the role <laughs> they thought. Will this ping pong match never end? Okay, so it's like, okay, they're getting a really cool cast together. We know Peter Dinklage is Toxie. Yeah. How, how they're going to do it. Like, I'm fascinated to see what they do with it. And then, you know, Kevin Bacon's the villain. Elijah Wood apparently is probably another bad guy from the sounds of it, just not the same role as Kevin Bacon. Ah, uh, I am so excited for that. That's going to just be yeah, me. It's going to be the top of my right. list. Um, you know, and Macon Blair, who we've enjoyed in a couple wow. of movies as an actor, he's directing it, so... Yeah. Um, and he directed, I think now I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the only other feature film he's directed, it's called, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And it's a kind of a comedic dark comedy, like thriller. It's a Netflix original mm-hmm. and it's one of the stars was Elijah Wood in it. So, uh, and it's got a very, cause Macon Blair has worked so closely with Jeremy Solner. Uh, it's got a very like green room, uh, blue ruin kind of feel to it okay so if you've not seen that flick i was just thinking i should add that to the list because i think that's horror adjacent enough that someday i should assign it to you do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have you any other horror news for the collectors one one thing jumps to mind uh severin 
uh, films. They're a, uh, you know, one of those boutique, you know, they make Blu-rays, DVDs, film distributor, especially a lot of old obscure stuff. They are this year putting out a, you know, a new Blu-ray, whatever, ultra high definition package of the movie Blood for Dracula, which is also known as Andy Warhol's Dracula, because Andy Warhol was one of the producers on it. And uh, that's pretty cool for collectors, because that is a movie that has been, I think it came out on a DVD a long time ago from like Criterion. uh, And it's been out of print in like North America for a long ass time. And that's pretty cool. People, it's a cult hit. Uh, It's got Udo Kier as Dracula. It's very strange. It's what I would call a trash masterpiece. It's a trashterpiece. Like trashterpiece. It the the same director he did two flicks: Blood for Dracula and Flesh for Frankenstein. (laughs) Oh my god! From the seventies, both were also also known as Andy Warhol's Dracula and Andy Warhol's Frankenstein because Andy Warhol produced both of them. Uh, But. They got a lot of sex and violence in them. So to a level that now it seems pretty quaint. You go back and rewatch it. Of course, it feels quaint. But when they came out, they were both rated X, you know, and we're at. Wow. Shocking deal. So. Uh-huh. Joe and I were talking about this today. We were watching RuPaul's Drag Race and Olivia Newton-John's song Physical was on. And he's like, wow, when this song came out, I just can't believe how extreme it seemed. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, like Olivia Newton-John was like America's sweetheart, you know, from Greece and she was Sandy and everything. And then she's up there like singing about like wanting to like have, you know, get physical with the other person in the song. So raunchy. So raunchy and just like now how tame it seems. And -hmm. I'm like, are we going to reach that point where a Serbian film is going to be like Blood for Frankenstein? (laughs) I bet. I bet. Sorry, Blood for Dracula. I got to miss that. Yeah, at some point we will probably. It'll be. I'm sure it'll seem quaint compared to like, <laughs> you know, whatever else is out the there. The human I don't centipede know. will be like Benji. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I bet. I mean, you know, I desensitized myself in like college because I was one of those little weirdos that like the early days of, you know, like faces of death shit where they're like, there's real videos of executions you can find online and stuff like that. And I've seen my share of that stuff. So. I'm so excited about that remake just because it doesn't sound like a really a remake. It's like doing something with that idea of faces of death and making mm-hmm. the movie out of it. Like, I love that, like taking something and doing something different with it. I know I talk about it often. That's like my favorite sort of retelling, yeah. like a reimagining, if you will, as opposed to like a remake. They're doing an entirely like fictitious, right? It's like about the making yeah. of it or something. It's about like, like s- someone like looking for things like that would be on a faces of death or something like that. Like taking that idea of what faces of death is and doing like this, like fictional story around it. And I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. I love that. And I mean, not to say, because the original faces of death was mostly fictional. Like most of the stuff that was in it was staged, except for like a handful of, you know, uh, artifacts from like the news and stuff like that. I've never seen one. I saw because the video store I grew up at or around like one of them video experience is what it was called. And yeah. it had traces of death. I remember and, traces of death as well. That's and it the one was that's entirely real. real. Yeah, it that, was. That, those are the ones that are really trashy, fully just real footage of death. Yep, I remember the things I remember about it. I remember there was an extremely disfigured person. I feel like they had shot themselves in the face or something, and yeah. they were sitting on like a merry-go-round, like at, in like at in the middle of night. And mm-hmm. they went up and they were talking to them about what the, how they had like disfigured their face, and it was so disturbing, just like so creepy, just given like that they were in a playground and it was the middle of the night. And then the other one was, and I can't remember, I think this is somewhat famous or at least well-known. There was a, like a politician or a businessman like giving like a, like an yeah. interview and he shot, like just pulled out a gun and killed himself. Yeah. Bud Dwyer. Yes. And that yeah. has, those two have stuck with me. That's the only thing I remember about yeah. it. Yeah. The Bud Dwyer video is haunting. Like if you have seen it, it sticks in your brain forever afterwards where you're like, okay, that's really what it looks like when a person shoots themselves. And I like watching some like extreme videos online. Like if I hear like, oh, these people got in like this crazy fight at McDonald's or whatever. Like I, I'm into watching that. And I think we've talked about this before, but like ages ago, but like, I've never gone down the rabbit hole or allowed myself to see like a beheading or something like that. Like, 
because mm-hmm. I don't want to know what that really looks like. I don't mm-hmm. want to really know what like happens to the body after someone's head is cut off. I can't unsee it. And yeah. I don't, so therefore I haven't watched it. Sure. Have you seen things like that? Um, yeah, I remember like when I was in high school, like with the Iraq war and full swing, uh, there was like videos would go around of like, oh, this, you know, uh, captured soldiers and stuff being beheaded. And I've seen at oh. least one of those. Most of them are so like shaky and stuff. You can barely see what's happening. So you don't know like exactly what's going on. But yeah, I've seen some of those. The one that just jumped to mind was, do you remember the video Pain Olympics? Was that ever in your world? No, I heard like where people would like nail their penis or something like stick yeah. a nail through their penis. There is this one that like when I was in early college, cause I remember my friends were like, look at this at like parties and stuff. Like it was a video of a dude allegedly like essentially he's cutting his own penis off is what it looks like. Uh, uh, cause it's uh. circulated on, you know, porn sites under the name pain Olympics. I don't know the authenticity of it. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, is this just, was this just special effects? I'd imagine. Maybe it was real. I don't know. But uh, I just remember that floated around for years. So that jumps to mind. I'm so like, I mean, I give major props to these people, but I'm so glad I'm not one of those detectives who has to like watch, like, you know, if you find someone who had kidnapped children or whatever, and they have all these like video, they find video cassettes and they have to watch them. And probably like repeatedly, they probably have to write down every little thing that has happens and is said in them. And I just like, how could you go to sleep at night? Yeah. A lot of therapy. Oh my God. I just can't even fathom being someone like that. I remember there was now I can't remember who it was specifically, but there were uh, serial killers that were like, I remember there was like two of them. Uh, together that like had videotaped all there. They had like kidnapped and, you know, tortured and murdered a la people. Henry. Yeah. A la Henry, but they videotaped all of it. And I know at the, like the trial, uh, the videotapes were the evidence were part of evidence. So the jury had to watch all that uh, stuff. And then of course the tapes were destroyed like after the, the trial. So those do not exist in the wild, but it's like, I can't imagine. Right. I stop me if I've spoken of this with you, but there is this, it's like a foreign, he's like a foreign killer, serial killer, I want to say. But there are these videos online of him, like he would, I can't remember if it was like Germany or where it was, but he would tell these young men that they were going to go like create like Boy Scout videos. Hmm. And he would take them out and like to the middle of like the woods. And then he would like tell them that if they hung, like he would like, put a noose around their neck and he would tell them that they could like stretch and become like taller by like hanging. Mm -hmm. And he would like essentially do this until like they passed out. And then he would like take them down and like undress them and sometimes like kill them. I don't think he always killed them, but there are like these videos of him like doing this. And then like, there's videos of like all the shoes of like all the boys he would do it to. So like the videos don't go into like the extremely horrifying things of like him like killing these kids but there is like the the lead up to it and the aftermath and it is so disturbing have you never seen these i mean not that i've never seen to. them but as you're discussing it i've heard of this case like this sounds yeah. familiar i can't I remember did watch any these. of these i didn't remember any of the names but i'm like oh i've read about this one before as you're talking like yeah this is in my true crime yeah you know travels it's so creepy because they like come out and they're like dressed in like boy scout garb and they're just like these poor i mean poor in the sense of like oh my god you you poor souls but like I, they were just these kids who just wanted to make like 50 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. oh and like that's just where it kills me like the, the people prey on what they can sense in someone that they're desperate or mm-hmm. like, you know these people like it just oh it just hurts my soul like being someone who can't even imagine like hitting someone like slapping someone or punching someone like that hurts me to like think of that like i've never been that angry so Mm -hmm. just to hurt someone in that way just oh my god it makes my soul ache it's it's funny too because i think this illustrates the point guys that brandy joe and i have consumed all (laughs) the sick and twisted horror movies you can think of but real violence is still like shocking. <laughs> you know, we don't want it. We're not, it's not the movies. They don't make you evil and crazy. 
I mean, and maybe everyone's different. I'm sure it might make some people crazy. Yeah, and we turned out okay, though. <laughs> we did. So we turned out okay. We still like actual people. <laughs> did you watch anything this past week? Um, I got a couple of things of note to run through. Um, it is, you know, it's as it's heating up outside. I find myself, you know, I love water uh, and I love swimming. Like drinking so. it? Oh, okay. Yep, I love being around water and swimming and all that's in the summer. So that's like the time you do it. And then I find myself revisiting the aquatic type horror movies, you know, like your Jaws's or what have you. But I, of course, for about the millionth time, rewatched The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. Um, but from there, I actually revisited the sequels, Revenge of the Creature and The Creature Walks Among Us, which I've not seen nearly as much as the original. Uh, and, you know, it's... It's the curse of diminishing returns. It's like you have a good first movie and then they made a couple more sequels that are just increasingly less interesting where they're just like, the second one is like, they capture the creature and put him in like a sea world type thing in Florida. And of course he escapes and runs amok. And then the third one is, you know, they capture him from the Everglades and he gets injured and they do surgery to save him. But he's like more like a man now than just a fish monster, you know. It's, uh, they're ridiculous. Now, is the shape of water? Do they have? The, has Peter Jackson said like it's an Guillermo homage? del Toro? Sorry, Guillermo del Toro. Has he said like this is an homage? This is a yes. loose remake. Like, what is the word on that? He has said that the entire story was inspired by his viewing of the creature from the Black Lagoon as a kid, but where he like he sympathized with the monster, of course, and he's like, I wanted the monster to be the hero of the story, and the monster gets the girl and all that stuff. So that's exactly what Shape of Water is, is recasting okay. the the creature as just, you know, if not an innocent, you know, just a bystander, really, that has any, the man who is now the hero, the character that would normally be the the hero of the adventurer, he's the villain, so. Okay, but like, you don't think you had to like pay money to like the... No, I think they did it just loose enough that Universal, you know, okay. can't sue or anything like that, so. Now, speaking of these Aqua-themed horror movies that you're watching, have you ever heard of Aqua Slash? No. <laughs> Couldn't even say it without laughing. Aqua Slash? No. So I tried to watch it. It is so bad. I think it's described as a con like a horror comedy, uh -huh. but the crux of it is there's a bunch of, you know, horny teens who end up at like this water park mm -hmm. and someone puts like a disgruntled employee or something puts like razor blades like in one of the water slides. So if you go through like you'll get all cut up. <laughs> And there, I tried to watch it. It sounded kind of fun, like not good, but like maybe this could be like so bad it's good. But it's just, just not good. Uh huh. The the, the major issue with it is like nothing good happens for a really long time. Mm -hmm. There's really no action. So by the time whoever it was, I don't even remember now. I feel like there was like a mom and a daughter. I don't know some bullshit. I don't remember who the killers were, but by the time they finally put all these blades in the, the water slide and everyone starts going down and, you know, it's, it's too late by the time, you know, one person, they can't tell the person at the top and like four people have gone through and mm -hmm. are like literally dead from water <laughs> sliding through these blades. Uh, it's worth fast forwarding through. I'll say that. I think that's what I ended up doing because it was just so bad. But okay. the idea was kind of fun. Like as like an idea for like a Final Destination death, not like a whole film. Sure. You know, because I don't like, yeah. like, where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it seems like such a passive murder <laughs> method too. Like you have to wait for people to actually go down the slide before you get the satisfaction. So... Yeah, yeah. All right, so do you have other um, horror movies you watched? Speaking of so bad, and the other thing of note I watched was a couple weeks ago, uh, Joe Bob did what he called uh, VHS night on his program. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and he played a couple of straight, straight to video, shot on video, no less, like oddities, cult movies. Uh, oh. And the one I watched is called Sledgehammer. Oh, I tried to watch it on Shutter. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I read yeah. about it on, I think I'm in like an 80s horror yep. group on Facebook and they were talking about it. And then I was on Shutter. I'm like, oh, it's here. Yep. And uh, I watched about five minutes. Oh, yes. It was rough. Sledgehammer yeah. is uh, the only thing I would say, like why it's important is that it's the very first 
shot on video horror movie. Oh, that, so, how did, yeah. really? Yeah. So it was shot like with a camcorder, like on VHS tapes instead of like film or whatever the medium they used to watch VHS tapes. Uh, and, and then it was released to video and got into video stores. But it, like, you know, it's just a slasher flick. It's hard to follow because it's so like everything is so it looks like a home movie. Like everything really so amateur looks like something I could have done in high school. It's all like non actors that are in it. Like it's it's wild. But the effects were bad, at least in the first few minutes. Like I was like, that's embarrassing, but like yep. in a fun way. There's a, there's a couple moments like some of the kills are kind of interesting where you're like, oh, for having no money and no idea what they're doing. That's kind of cool that they pulled that off. But that comes like way later. Okay. Uh, and then like roughly the plot from what I could put together, because it's hard to follow. But it's like there's this house where this like horrible mother like locked her son in the closet. <laughs> that was hilarious. Time. Her acting was so bad. Yeah. And then the son died. Oh. Uh, and then it's supposed to be then it goes flashes forward to like for some reason these rowdy teens early you know 20 something whatever young people come to this house and stay there to party and then they like play with like a, a or they do a seance that's what it is not a ouija board but they have like a seance and then accidentally like summon the soul of the kid that died there because they tell a story about him but for some reason like sometimes you see the little ghost of the little boy running around but most of the time <laughs> he's this giant dude with a sledgehammer uh and one of those like clear plastic masks like Halloween like an Alice masks. Sweet Alice. Yeah, like an Alice Sweet Alice. Uh, and then he comes around and you're the movie doesn't do a good job of explaining it, but you're kind of left to a surmise like, oh, the sledgehammer guy is the spirit of the little boy who can now like turn into this giant man and smash people with a sledgehammer. So, OK, because the beginning reminded <laughs> me of pieces, but not as good. Yeah. So the mom puts a little boy in the closet. Then she's like giving like she comes back to like her boyfriend or whatever. And she's like, yeah. well, the kid's taken care of. And then yep. she starts like blowing the guy and then yeah. they get killed with like a, a hammer. Sure. Are we supposed to surmise that the person who killed them is the like as a little boy already died and this ghost kills them it never Maybe. goes into that or sure. like where when does the boy does the boy die in the closet yeah he died in that so it's closet. like she put him away in the closet he dies and then like his ghost like kills them is what we're supposed to well do. i think i guess it's like they get murdered by like maybe just some random killer and so the oh. boy was locked in the closet and that's why he died because nobody let him out oh. uh but then i guess he comes back as a hammer killer i don't know the plot is it's all everything's so amateur <laughs> that it's like what is happening but it does have like kind of a hypnotic quality in that like as you watch it, like there's gratuitous amounts of slow motion, just whole sequences that play out for like minutes in slow motion, okay. which apparently was the director decided to like pad out the runtime by just having mm. like really long shots or slow motion shit. Oh, yeah. Like uh, that opening scene, like you see yeah. the house and you're just on the house for like two minutes <laughs> for like, a long time on? with this weird music that just like it's just tones from a synthesizer going <laughs> as like most of the soundtrack it's utterly bizarre so really like i can only recommend it to the most hardcore of hardcore people looking for just oddities like video oddities that are i don't even know i mean again like i said the only like the, the important thing of it is it's fascinating that like this was the first shot on video horror movie then a ton came to follow and people are like we can just shoot our own shit on a camcorder now and then get that in video stores so so where did you see this where did joe bob do this on tv on on shutter oh on shutter oh, okay yep. got it got it so yep. yeah i watched i just saw i don't go to his stuff generally so i didn't notice that but yeah so yeah so the, and that's the cool thing about shutters usually if he's covering a movie they also have the movie on yeah, they just have the movie, as it's solo which is, which is very cool and I tried to start the second feature he did uh, paired with Sledgehammer, which is a really notorious for bad movie people. It's called Things. Uh, okay. And it's a Canadian shot on video. Like it is notorious for uh, it's a film that comes up in conversations of what is the worst movie ever made? Uh, and Things is one of those that people talk about. But it's got a cult following. Like some of my friends love it because it is amateurish and bad and nonsensical on a level that's like incomprehensible. Like it's almost a troll two sort of thing, you know, or the room. Like it's just so bad. You're like, what is happening? Uh, I started watching the first few minutes and I'm like, I don't think I can do this one right now. So I might come <laughs> back to things. But like, it's insane. Like what I watched was wild. Okay. And so that's it so far. Some bad movies, and that's where I've been living right now. 
all I watched this week, and I'm only going to mention it because it's Pride Month, as I keep saying, is Love, Victor on Hulu, which is just delightful. Didn't love the first season. Has nothing to do with anything horror. I don't think anyone in it has been in a horror movie. (laughs) But it's a very sweet gay story. The first season, I did not love. The second season, I absolutely loved. I cry like numerous times every episode. (laughs) And if you're looking for something prideful to do, watch Love, Victor on Hulu. The end. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's assign uh, some flicks to each other. Mm-hmm. You go first this time. I sure do. And keeping in line with Pride, I'm having a, a two weeks in a row Pride-filled thing. I'm going to give you the movie Lyle. Lyle. L-Y-L-E. Like Lyle Lovett. It's a documentary about Lyle Lovett. Awesome. Yep. I'm excited. it's not. (laughs) I've never even heard of this. I have no idea what it's about. Okay. Lyle, Lyle, Lyle. Lyle. Well, clearly it's about somebody named Lyle. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Lyle is a zombie? Okay. Or a monster? A vampire? I don't know. He's some kind of monster, I bet. Uh, And since you said it's pride, so Lyle is a gay monster. Um, I I did show that card. Yeah. So I don't even know where to go with this, but it's like (laughs) Lyle. So that's the main guy. So that's going to be the focus of it. I bet it's going to be a misunderstood monster, a misunderstood gay monster. uh, And there's going to be a love story, a la shape of water. It's going to be somebody falling in love with a monster and people don't want it to happen. Human, normal, you know, humans are the villains of this story and they don't want it to happen. But love prevails and hilarity ensues because it's a, (laughs) love story so there's got to be some funny it would be so great if we knew each other's minds so well that we could know if the other person had any idea what the movie was because it's always way more fun yeah <laughs> when the other person has absolutely no idea to think, see what their plot because usually as horror fans we know enough about these movies that we can yeah, mostly guess. come up with yeah so that's fun something <laughs> so there you go that's what i think it is on the nose ding 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 yay <laughs> all right so for this week I mean, the reception you gave the burbs scared me. <laughs> so I was like, God, I don't want to do another. Like, I feel like a little while ago, I had like a string of just like everything I gave you was just taxing for you to watch. So I was like, damn it, for weeks. So I'm hoping this isn't the case where we're going to have like multiple weeks of rough watches. And I got scared because this movie, I feel like, is in like a similar vein to the Burbs. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, do I change up my plan now? But I'm not. I'm sticking with it. Stick with it. I'm handing you a loaded gun because this is another movie from like my childhood that I still love. Uh, and that is Tremors. Okay. Cool. The very cool. First Tremors. So I think this is the one that Reba McIntyre's in and Kevin Bacon, I want to say. And there are, like, I feel like it takes place somewhere hot, deserty, like Texas. I'm going to say Texas or New Mexico. And there are these, like, earthworms. Not like an earthworm, but, like, giant worms in the earth with teeth that start, I'm going to say, first they start killing, like, cattle or something. And people are like, who's killing all the animals? You know, it must be Satanists. And then, you know, a person... Is, is two people are together and uh, the snake comes up and eats one of them, the snake worm. And then everyone's like, Oh, and then the person goes back and they're like a giant snake worm ate our friend. And everyone else is like, you're crazy. And then it keeps happening. And then Reba McIntyre grabs a gun or Bonnie Raitt. I think it's Reba McIntyre. Cause she's the actress. She grabs a gun and she and Kevin Bacon go and kick some ass. But these are giant worms. Like, you can't, like, know what's all on the Earth. So they're not going to be able to get them all. And I know that there's numerous sequels and I think a TV series. So, you know, you can't kill them all. But they're going to do their best. And I think that they're going to survive. I'm going to say that Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre survive. I think that they're going to hole out in, like, a bar or a convenience. I'm going to say a bar. A bar or a restaurant for a lot of the film. And because they don't want to go outside because they don't want to get eaten. And um, yeah, that's that's the end. The end. Yep. (laughs) Goodness prevails. Awesome. But I'm excited to watch. I think it's going to be fun. It sounds like fun. 
I hope it is. I hope you have actual fun with this one. <laughs> and I am right. Lyle is on Shutter, so super easy to watch. Cool. And unlike some of the movies, there's a very pleasant surprise as soon as you begin it, or you oh. know, as you're, you, you'll know right away when you're pulling it up. You're going to be like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll be back to talk about these momentarily. Yep. Here we come. Shit. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And we have returned from the from void. From the dead. Oh, from the void. dead. And the void. The deadly the, void. The deadly void. The cold embrace of the crypt. <laughs> We're back. I just watched a play where at the end, like, the love interest, like, dies, gets, like, stabbed by a sword. And then through some weird stuff with, like, magic i don't know what the fuck but he like comes back magically and like that they're like oh you're back and then they're like in love again i'm like he is a zombie i know like that's <laughs> it sh he should just take a bite out of her i or, wish that's how it <sighs> ended <laughs> just blood everywhere and then it, oh, it ends with zombie apocalypse just blood spraying all over these high school kids it would be so oh awesome. god so good <laughs> what's up jeremy and not much, just, you know, watching movies and talking about them. Well, let's dive in. So, uh, I gave you Lyle from 2014, directed by Stuart Thorndike, who happens to be a female. I thought it was a man, but it's not. Hmm. And the tagline is, a mother should protect her child. And the summary is, a mother's grief over the death of her toddler leads to horror. Ooh. My... Favorite thing about this movie uh, was the fact that it was only an hour long. That's what I was alluding to when I said you're going to be so excited when it starts. <laughs> it is short. And I concur. Because uh, I was not super excited about this thing as it kept going to be just get it all out in front here. Yeah, immediately you're like, okay, it's just Rosemary's baby. Like it has those vibes like immediately from the jump where they're like looking at an apartment and it's a weird lady landlord that's showing them the best character was the baby. <laughs> and, like you know, the one, the unborn baby or Lyle? Lyle, the titular okay. toddler in the beginning that you're so like, cute. they telegraph so quickly though that you're like, that kid's gonna die. And like, you just know that's where it's gonna go. Why um, call it Lyle though? I don't understand. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like this movie was trying to do some more high concept stuff than it was actually like achieving or maybe trying to save. Like it, it was a blessing that the, it was only an hour because I was like, OK, it was done pretty quick. But the brevity, I feel, was also a curse uh, because this feels like a half finished movie. It doesn't feel like a complete, you know, story here. At least that's what I was getting. And I kept thinking, of course, I compare everything to Hereditary because Hereditary was so good. But if you're going to do any movies that it all verge into like, and like Rosemary's Baby territory of satanic cultists and stuff like that, like you got to give me some actual Satan in there and some real, <laughs> you know, weight behind that. Like even Rosemary's Baby actually did have Satan in it. Although briefly he shows up and, you know, and, and the whole ending, everybody's screaming, hail Satan. And, and you see the baby's eyes. Yeah, oh, wait, the, or do you? You Wait. No, she looks and says she, she just says, talks about his eyes, but you don't you see Satan's eyes like right when yeah. he's like having sex with when he's raping her. Yes. You like get that glimpse of her like looking into his eyes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. But you know, the movie ends with uh, the Antichrist is born, the world's gonna end. Like it's real stakes there of like that's what these guys were trying to achieve all along was, you know, the glory of Satan and the power that comes with it. The way this movie like verged into the idea of a satanic cult of just like, we're going to kill some babies so we can be famous. It's like, it just didn't carry that like heft. I think that other movies dealing with the same subject matter is like, no, they want it for the pure love of power or evil or whatever. So I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you. And so right when this finished, I watched it with Joe. Cause I'm like, Gabby Hoff, like we have, 
we really like Gabby Hoffman. I, I love her. I think she's great. I've loved her ever since she was a child actress. I love that she still works. She's in Girls. She's in Obvious Child, that Jenny Slate movie. I, I love her. She's very unique and cool, and I just love her. So I was I thought he might want to watch it, and he did. And he's a big fan of Rosemary's Baby, but he had no idea what it was about. And literally two minutes in, he's like, oh, is it going to be like Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh, oh you. Uh-huh. But it ended and like both of us were sort of nonplussed. That's a word, right? Like not yeah. excited. We were yep. very nonplussed. And I started talking about Rosemary's Baby. I'm like, yeah, I didn't like Rosemary's Baby the first time, which sort of made me go, that's why I wanted to rewatch this. Because the first time I saw Rosemary's Baby, which was only like, I don't know, 17 years ago or something for the for, like the in, in entirety, I was like, yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or so, I rewatched it and I was like, holy motherfucking shit, this movie is so motherfucking good. Mm -hmm. Like just everything about it was so good. And I have no idea why the first time I didn't like it. And I thought maybe that's what's going to happen here because my good old buddies over at It's Only a Podcast, Ian and Christian, fucking jizz all over this movie. On Letterboxd, they each gave it four and a half stars. I'm pretty sure when they do their top 100 horror movies of all time, it's in there. And I think it's like high-ish. It's been a long time since I've listened to that episode. But they love this movie, which is how I heard about it. Were they high? (laughs) I think they do smoke pot occasionally. I feel like at least one of them has talked about it, if not both. It's just, I mean, that goes to show, you know, we're all different people, obviously. Of yeah, course we are. Uh, we just had this last episode between the two of us. So, you know. Yeah, but it's, I just thought, well, maybe this go around, maybe me knowing what it is and all that, maybe it will be different. And it wasn't. It just was, it's sort of not terribly exciting. It feels kind of like a student film almost. Yeah, it really does feel like somebody's, uh, like, thesis for their film like final yeah there's um there's a a letterboxd review from someone named brat and it says every review already says lesbian rosemary's baby but there's really no better way to sum it up so lesbian rosemary's baby (laughs) that's what i saw in all the letterboxd reviews or the other one i liked was people calling it rosemary's gaby yeah i saw that (laughs) that. that's funny too um but that's pretty much it man and when this movie ended too i was totally just like that's it like the ending is such a letdown like what and so based on what you know from the plot ultimately is the landlady not involved because she sort of gives away the whole like when she gives that plot or that mm-hmm. plot point of like, oh, well, it sounds like a, co- a pact with the devil. Like, that made me think, oh, she's not involved because the, the the wife was like, whoa, shit. Yeah. And I then at know. the end, they sort of like cart her away when she's about to have the baby. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like she's maybe not involved and she was a misdirect the whole time. And I know they never really totally get into what exactly is happening. That's really the only thing you have to go off of is what she sort of surmises, which is that there was some pact with the devil and the devil needed your firstborn son. But Mm -hmm. if you didn't give him a son, then he takes your first two girls. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe he just takes babies until you give him a boy. Yeah, I don't know. Is that like in one of the rule books somewhere? Like, where's the hereditary demon book? Like, is that in there? <laughs> and watching it, I knew you were going to hate it. Not hate it. I knew you were going to knock. I knew you were not going to like it. Yeah, I wanted to be with it. I wanted to be into this. But as it like kept going and just doesn't really go anywhere, like they don't do anything with the information she's presented. They like because it feels like the movie's trying to lean into the whole like she might just be paranoid and losing her mind after All losing her child baby right yeah but they they never do a very good job of that you know what i mean because they keep feeding you information like but also this but also this and it's like yes why are you so obsessed with fighting right now next to me because the devil the devil anyway they keep feeding you information like uh but what about this? What about this? And it, it, like nothing ever lingers long enough to like make you think like maybe she is just crazy. Maybe, you know, and then it wraps up real quick at the end. And it's like it is a cult. The whole thing with the model 
is so convoluted. Like, I'm like, I don't Super understand what's, I don't going get what's on happening. here. And then Michael Shea shows up just being Michael Shea, where <laughs> like, you're like, what? <laughs> like, and he's not like a gifted actor. So yeah, he's fine. You know, he's, he's just Michael Shea being Michael Shea. So it's like, okay, seems kind of weird that he's in there, but all right. And like, I don't like things being spoon fed to me, but at the same time, like, I didn't feel there was enough here. Like there was enough to, for it to just be confusing and a little annoying and not. Yeah. And then like that, the main poster for it is like a drawing of her, like running around with a knife. And she, I don't think she yeah. ever holds a knife. Does that she? That doesn't happen. That's I was like, like Ro that's Rosemary's baby. Okay. Yeah. I was like, cool. And then that never happened in the movie. Like I thought she was going to lose it and go like running around the streets, attack people or something like just totally and, you know, paranoid uh, psychosis, but nah, it just kind of goes. And I guess she like has the baby. I don't know. I, I think she's good. I think she gives a good performance, but yeah. it's not enough to give it. There's good performances in here. It's just a weak script. And I don't know, in my mind, it's just not a fully fleshed out. Again, like we said, this feels like a student film. It doesn't feel like a fully completed like idea. This feels like a promo to raise money to make the movie <laughs> that you want to, you know, fill out with some more money. And I've talked about it in the first part of the episode with like faces of death and what they're doing with that remake. You know, I like take like that they're doing this sort of like they're putting their own thumbprint on something, mm -hmm. which if I saw this on paper, I feel like I'd be like, ooh, that sounds really cool. Being like this lesbian sort of retelling of Rosemary's baby, but it just isn't successful. It doesn't stick the landing in my uh my opinion did you watch the rosemary's baby tv movie it was like a two-parter no i didn't even know it existed until i like was looking up rosemary's baby on google and i was like there was another rosemary's baby movie what about the sequel to rosemary's baby oh god what's the title of that whatever never... happened to rosemary's that's it baby. whatever happened to rosemary's <laughs> baby i i know of it never seen it i think i've like read about it in like you know bad sequels like lists and stuff or unnecessary sequels lists I'm wrong. and stuff. Look what's happened to Rosemary's okay. baby. Yeah. <laughs> With Patty Duke and Ruth Gordon's in it again. Hmm. I'm gonna have to track it down. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, I've I know it I remember the name of it from playing on like cable. Like one of those second rate, you know, like Friday night monster movie. Like we got to Rosemary's baby sequel. The plot description for it's hilarious. Having been adopted by the madam of a Southwestern brothel. <laughs> it already sounds awesome. A now adult Adrian must cope with the fact that he's Satan's kid and not living up to his expectations. <laughs> oh, no. oh, it sounds so good. So he doesn't bring on the apocalypse, it sounds like. Fails it has there, a huh? 3.4 out of 10 rating on IMDb. Oh, Ooh. I have to track this down. This sounds amazing. Yeah, that's a must watch. I did see Rosemary's Baby, the, the TV movie, and I liked it. I think it's on my Google Drive. Oh, okay. I like Zoe Saldana. She's cool. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I did not know it existed until I found that. And that's only from like a handful of years ago, right? Yeah, from 2014. Oh, wow. But yeah, speaking of ratings, uh, Lyle is one of those movies where I go on, you know, online and I see the Rotten Tomatoes is 100%. Because there's critics. like three reviews. But there's like 11 reviews. But still, I'm like, wow. Like sometimes critics just really like, I don't know. They just seem like they feed off of each other sometimes of just like, let's all say this is great. Like nobody has some critical thoughts on this. Like I feel like. But then again, it's only 11. So like, who knows how many reputable critics that actually includes too. You know what, Teacher Drew, if you're out there listening, and I hope you are, I hope we haven't scared you off yet. Yeah. I know you love It's Only a Podcast. So please let us know what you think of this movie. I want to know. I want to know, okay? And anyone else who's watching this, please, if you love it, if you hate it, if you hate it, you probably, or dislike it, you probably dislike it for the same reasons we do. But if you love it, I'm really curious your thoughts. And you know what? You're right. <laughs> any right. other thoughts no i mean i couldn't have been more wrong with my guess about the plot for this thing uh and right. in fact i want to watch the movie i made up 
Yeah, about the the zombie or <laughs> monster, yeah. gay, gay monster named Lyle who's misunderstood. It's sort of a falling in love with them, a la The Shape of Water. Love prevails and hilarity ensues. It sounds great. Yeah, I kind of want to write that movie just so it exists and is out there. So I'm going to write a competing Lyle. With an movie. exclamation point, I think. With an exclamation Lyle! With an exclamation point. Uh, and it's going to be an entire, it's going to be that. I want it to be that movie, so. I feel like I should have given you auto or up with dead people, which is so fucking weird. But knowing you, you probably would have been like all over that. So, okay, there you go. Maybe next, next pride. I wanted yep. to, like a lesbian perspective, a different perspective than the, you know, the gay male perspective, which we did last time. Yeah. And uh, you know what? They can't all be winners. So out of five inflatable birthing pools, how many do you give Lyle? Uh this is tough too, because it's like I had one idea, but as we talked about it, I'm like, you know, the 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 Jeremy, the Sasquatch Slim seal of approval is if I watch something, like, is this going to be a new obsession of mine, and am I going to rewatch it a million times? I will probably never revisit this, so I'm giving it a two. Okay, I'm going to give it two and a half, the extra half for Gabby Hoffman because I love her. But yes, I'm right there with you. So you know what that means. <gasps> Throw it on the slash heap. Throw it on the slash heap. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Away with you. <laughs> Away with you. All right, let's move on to Tremors. 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 Letterboxd says Tremors, uh, directed by Ron Underwood, the monster movie that breaks new ground. Hick <laughs> uh, Handyman. Val McKee and Earl Bassett can barely eck out a living in the Nevada hamlet of perfection, so they decide to leave town, despite an admonition from a shapely seismology co-ed who's picking up odd readings on her equipment. Before long, Val and Earl discover what's responsible for those readings. 30-foot-long carnivorous worms with a proclivity for sucking their prey underground. That's a, a mouthful. <laughs> so many words. A lot. Take it away. <laughs> okay. So after the burbs, mm -hmm. I was like, where are we going to go? So you give me another horror comedy mm -hmm. from almost the 80s. It's 1990, right? Yeah, just barely the 90s. Barely. And fucking Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. And it's so motherfucking good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, I love a good fake out. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. It's so good. Uh, I don't even know who Fred Ward is. I feel like I know him by name more than look. I feel like he looks like Shane from The Walking Dead. Like, Oh, yeah. Like uh, that actor him. could totally be his son. Yeah. There's uh, something about him. Yeah, they are very similar, aren't they? I never even thought about that. Um, what's that? God, what? no, I'm going crazy. Continue. I'll think of his name later. John Bernthal. That's his name. Yeah. I feel there like they look similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Fred Ward's one of those actors. He's been in like a million things. You pull mm -hmm. up his IMDb, he's he's got a long shadow in of acting credits, so. It just kept people kept popping up that I'm like, "Oh, this person. Oh, this person." Like I had no idea who Rhonda was, but like then all of a sudden there's Michael Gross and there's the little girl from Jurassic Park and there's Mrs. Beetle from Little House on the Prairie. Like Yeah. <laughs> yep. And fucking Reba, a motherfucking McIntyre was so so good in her first movie role she is so good we used to watch um share this show called malibu shore after reba i think i can't it was on maybe like abc family or some shit but it was so good she's just so charming and she was mm -hmm. so good in it just so like kind of grounded and fun and you just loved her mm -hmm. and what the major difference here between this and the burbs is like you love these people. Like you really get behind them. You're with them. They're lovable. Like every single one of them, even like the stupid boy, the stupid kid, mm -hmm. like they all just, you just root for them. And it's like, I continually was smiling, giggling. And like when it first started and you start to see that like worms, I was like, Oh, I thought they were gonna be like big, like the poster, you know, because you kept mm -hmm. just seeing like them, like the cutoff versions, like on the car and like, yeah, all that sort tentacles. Of stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I thought they were gonna be big. Like that's some, you know, 
bullshit marketing making you want to see it and then they're just these little snake like little worms and yeah. then you see the first big one and you're like oh yeah that's like tentacles inside of the big one and that yeah. was a fun reveal you're like that's that a big awesome. problem yeah just so much and the like above the acting my other favorite part was reba's hair was so <laughs> big and so beautiful and i fucking loved it it was just a sheer and utter joy. I loved it. Yeah, they just, I mean, th this whole movie is a love letter, if you will, a throwback to like 50s giant monsters on the, like I think a, a big precedent for this movie is the, the movie Them with an exclamation point with from the, the 50s, the giant killer ants, uh, which is another movie I loved as a kid growing up because that was one of my, parents' favorites. And then they also love Tremors. That's how I discovered Tremors was my parents were like, watch this on TV. This movie's really good. Uh, and then I was in love with it from the first time I saw it. And this became like, this was a summertime Rusk family gather around the TV and we all watch it when it's on in the summer. So it gives me good feelings, good memories. Now, have you seen all, there's like four or five films a TV yeah. series and then like yeah. a remake or like a revival of sorts. Yeah. So let's see. I've only, I haven't seen everything. I've seen Tremors 2, which I like well enough. It's not as good as this one, but it's an okay sequel. And then apparently the two of those did so well on home video and then on cable. Uh, like it got revived by the sci-fi channel, go figure, when they were making their own movies. And they made number three, which was like a sci-fi channel original, Tremors 3. Uh, and that's where it really takes a steep decline. Like, hopefully you really like Michael Gross because this becomes his franchise. He's I the character that, that appears in all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, he's making money and you love doing it. So why not go for it? Uh, but Tremors 3 is like, meh. I've only seen bits and pieces of four, which was a prequel set in the old West where apparently the Graboids have been there since like old West times. Sounds horrible. Yeah. It, it, I, from what I remember, not very good. And then there's like a couple other movies. I only saw, I saw the one, I think it was the fifth one is where they bring in Jamie Kennedy uh, uh, at, as Michael Gross's son. <laughs> and uh, Oh, I was thinking of Jamie King and I love her. Not Jamie. No, Kennedy. no. Jamie Kennedy. Okay. Um, as Michael Gross's son, that one was okay. They like go to Africa. Like they keep switching up the locations. That one set in, like Africa somewhere. That was okay. Not, I mean, it's just the same thing over and over with Michael Gross and in increasingly crazier locales with bigger firepower every time. So, but then there's one with Kevin Bacon in it again, right? That was, they did a pilot for a TV series that they were trying to do a few years ago. Ah. And that's his return. And it didn't get picked up for series. And I guess that pilot has floated around like popping up at like horror film festivals and stuff, but it's oh, not okay. had, it's not had like an official release. Like people are demanding, fans are saying release it as like a movie or something so we can, you know, at least see it, even though it didn't get ordered to series, but it's out there. I'm sure you can track it down as a bootleg or something. Yeah, I saw the third one is called like Return to Pleasantville or whatever the name of that town is. Back to is. Perfection. Yeah, and it looks like a lot of the people from the first one are in it. Like I think that little girl from Jurassic Park and the, like the boy, I think yeah. they, they both return in that one. Yeah, the supporting people. Some yeah. of them come back. Yeah. Kevin Bacon too, like he did this movie. Apparently for some reason there was like a rumor out there that like he hated being involved with this. And I think that comes from like an interview he did like when he first got the script and signed on to do this movie, he wasn't exactly at a great point in his career. And he's, he said he remembered telling his agent, like, I'm doing a movie about giant worms. Like, this is the worst. Like, this is the worst time of my life. Uh, but then he actually made the movie and he had a great time making it. And like, he loved working with the people and actually is very proud of the finished movie. So I think they like misattributed a thing he was saying where he's like going into it. He thought like, oh God, I'm at such a low point now. But then he did it and was like, oh, this is actually a great movie and read the script. And he was like, it's a great script. And he wanted to come back for Tremors 2, except at the time they were making Tremors 2, he was offered Apollo 13. So it's kind of like, mm, what are you going to do? So then, you know, he went and became leading man, you know, Kevin Bacon for a minute. Alas, we lost him from Tremors for a while. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. He's so good in it. It also reminded me of a movie I've never seen, 
but I the poster reminds me of my childhood at the video store, and I can't remember what the video store was that I remember seeing this poster at all the time because it it's so weird. I'm thinking about it now. It's in a, a one of my earliest memories of a video store that went away shortly after I was a kid. But Blood Beach, mm, yeah, where, like the covers, like the girl like being sucked into the sand. She's like, yeah, her arms are like raised up. I remember. And I that always video. wanted to see that because it was like, you know, now you can't only be afraid of going in the water or whatever. But the totally beach like itself. A, yeah. <laughs> like a rip off Jaws. I saw some weird, like almost remake of it that came out not too terribly long ago, where like the sand like would eat you. Yeah. It was some like newer film, but it was I've, not good. I've seen part of that one. In fact, I was at my parents' house and it was like on a movie channel. My dad's like, check this movie out. It's hilarious. And he's like, the beach kills you. <laughs> and I was like, this is where I get it from. My dad loves watching just bad movies and bad horror movies and laughing at them. So that's where I get it from. Now those old like fifties movies, like them and such, they didn't have like a sense of humor though. Did they, they were trying to scare people. No, they were trying to be scary. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're they playing it straight. This is, you know, this is fun. And I mean, this movie is jaws, but on land. Like that's pretty much what it is. And the effects are so good. Like, I yeah. love that they're all practical. I love that there's some decent gore. Like, it could be a little bit more, but at the same time, it's pretty good. Like, you definitely see some blood and guts, and it it goes there. I love that. I also learned, too, I didn't know this until I was doing a little research after re-watching it for the episode. Uh, apparently, this was initially rated R for language. Because apparently they said fuck like a lot in this movie. And then they decided to go for a more, they wanted more of the family, you know, family viewing. Uh, so they redubbed all the fucks out. And so that's why you get things, lines like mother humper and stuff ah. like that, that they're calling, you know, I was like, those are redubs. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really well done. The, like they took out all the instances of it and put in lesser squares. Uh, so they did a good job with that. I'd also rather watch this over Dune any day. Like I watched the original Dune way back in the day with like a guy I had a crush on who liked it. And yeah. man, I was bored out of my gourd. All I remember are the worms and spice. The sleeper has awakened. Uh, Dune is for the hardcore David Lynch nerds and science fiction nerds. I only recommend like Dune is a movie that you have to have read the book <laughs> to even understand what's happening in the movie. Uh, and I have read the book and I just barely understand that movie. So there you go. But the new one looks good. At uh, first I, I was a little resistant, but now I'm like, I've watched a trailer a few times. And I'm like, it looks fucking good. It better be great. It's, it, you know, the novel, the series of novels has so much insane shit in it that it's like, this is primed to be a movie franchise. Like, why has it taken so long to get there? But it's coming now, you know, now they got to catch up to the other sandworm franchise, which is Tremors. So. That's right. <laughs> the original. And I love the like Evil Dead cinematography. Like it definitely like has yeah, that, like, sure. chasing along the ground sort yep. of thing. And that pole vaulting scene is just classic. Like I was laughing out loud. Like I was like, that is hilarious. You're gonna pole vault from rock to rock. And this is this is yet another movie too that as a as a little as a young young boy, as a young lad, the scene where uh, she gets caught up in the barbed wire and he's like, take your pants. And she's got to take her pants off really quick to get away from the worm. And I was like, scandalous as like a young lad seeing that for the first time. So. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to get a little like gross in this day and age with that scene with like one of the guys like eyeing her or something. And it really didn't like it didn't linger no. on her. It just was something that had to be done, but they didn't like show her off in her panties too much. She didn't make a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. and so i was like oh like it wasn't bad like i thought it might be yeah and then you know it's very sweet at the end too where like so as sweet. much as it's, it's it's like forced and stuff but you're like ah, oh, kevin bacon and her characters are such sweet characters that when they do get together at the end there you're like yes cool happy ending throw it in there we need it and this is before jurassic park right yeah a few years that's what i thought just a few years. Yeah, because it has a, I mean, Jurassic Park is much more serious, but this feels like definitely like a predecessor to Jurassic Park. Definitely. This also. With the little girl and everything. Especially. I think I think my favorite thing of this movie, too, is just the fact that Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, their chemistry is so great together. You, you want to believe, I hope they were actually like friends. I hope they actually mm -hmm. became good friends because I buy it so much in this movie that they're close buddies that it just is just perfect. 
Yeah, it's that sort of chemistry that I love in Tucker and Dale. Like, yeah, they're just so sweet, and you just love them, and you're like there for them, and that that makes the whole movie. Yeah, you buy into the history that these guys have known each other for a long time, and you know, there's a whole history we haven't seen, but you just plop right into it. It's perfect. Yeah, they're all just so likable, and I really just love that about it. It really makes it's the major difference between this and the burbs. The burbs, you're like maybe not supposed to like them, but like, why do I want to watch a movie where I don't like the people? Yeah, and this movie is totally different, where it's it feels like a very lived in universe, and it's really easy to get behind every yeah. character. And I do want to give a shout out to to early friend of the podcast, Alan, because he wrote into us like in the very beginning and he mentioned mm-hmm. this movie like only a few episodes in. And I never would have thought about this one going on the list until he mentioned it and you said you hadn't seen it. So thanks, Alan. Yeah, uh, thanks, Alan. So good. Yeah, absolutely. So my summary was, I mean, mostly right. I thought yeah. Reba, I thought Reba was going to be like the, the a bigger part star. I thought it was like her and Kevin Bacon kicking somebody. I mean, she still kicked some ass, which I loved. Yeah. But I thought cattle were going to get killed and, you know, but I said they were going to get holed up. I said in a bar convenience store, and then I changed that to a restaurant, but they were in a convenience. They were holed up. At a convenience yeah, store it was the convenience. While. It was the convenience <laughs> store slash bar of the town. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah. And I said that they were going to survive. I wish there would have been a little coda at the end, like a little, like you see a little slithery snake somewhere in the distance, like some sort of lead into a sequel. I wish there yeah. would have been that just that little, like I watched the credits all the way through, just hoping there was a be like a yeah, something. scene. Yeah. Nah, not quite. And maybe, you know, the sequel, I think, I think Tremors too. I think the first sequel is still like an okay movie, a decent enough movie. So maybe at some point down the line, I'll throw that on the list and get it in there. Uh, but everything after is watch at your own risk. I think after two. <laughs> All right. So out of, yeah, out of, you know, five mother slugs, uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it four. Hell yeah. What do you give it? A five, man. Five. Just uh, flat on. out. Just a five. I just love this movie. It makes me happy every time I see it. I've seen it a hundred times. We'll probably watch it a hundred times more. So, well, that means we got a scare of approval. Yeah, another one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. Well, good work. That was redemption. Redemption. Yes. <laughs> Where we, I, I've been seeking it. I hate to like. I remember at one point there was a series of episodes where I feel like I just kept giving you stuff that was pain after pain for like weeks. So uh, I don't want to hurt you. You're my yes, friend. Yes, you do. I want you, you do to be. So. I want you to be happy. So I want to hurt you a little bit, but not for weeks on end. <laughs> well, come back next week to see what we have in store. Then who knows? Yeah, it might be interesting. I'm going to Wyoming, so we might be doing some things a little differently. I don't know what my schedule is going to be like, so stay tuned. Who yep, knows? We both got summer vacations coming up, so it's going to get right. a little experimental for a minute. So <laughs> stick with us. Yes, and write us at scaringissharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta. Shoot us a, a DM there. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Are there any uh, Tremors experts out there? Like, I, I know these first couple of movies like the back of my hand, but everything else, ooh, I don't know. So is there anybody out there that can give us a crash course? Like, is, are yeah. any of them worth it? Are more of them worth it to check out? Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Hail Paymon and wear SPF 500. <laughs> Uh, and as always guys death to videodrome long live the new flesh that's right keep coming back watch more scary movies because scaring is sharing the more you know bye scaring is sharing scaring is sharing This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.